Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about the what, what people are calling the best team in the Big Ten, Tate. It didn't take long. Mm. Everyone's lo- everyone's looking at the Big Ten. They're saying the Big Ten might be the best league. It's very deep. Uh, and, and but everyone do they is have looking- a one seed? That's what everyone else is always asking, <laughs> yeah. yes. But with so many good teams, I think uh, this is this is just going to be evergreen content. Is week by week, you say who's the best team in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. How do we see it now? Mm-hmm. The answer, as of today, according to most of America, after we saw what they did to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, mm. is the Michigan Wolverines Hail they are to the undefeated. Victors. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to talk about Michigan and mm. how hot they are and the hype. The, the Michigan hype is through the roof. It has yeah. never been higher. The culture is right. Jawan Howard finally figured it out. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Michigan a little bit. Some of the other undefeated teams. There there are a lot of undefeated teams in college basketball, as it turns out. Yeah, usually when we get to this point of the season, Titus, we look around at the landscape. There's maybe one, two, three, four at most undefeated teams as we get to January, as we get into conference play. But this year's a little different. Some teams have only played a couple games. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit strange. Drake is thirteen and zero, but yeah, we're gonna get mm-hmm. to all the undefeated teams and just get God's you up to date baby. on. Yeah, undefeated. What is undefeated? Speaking of undefeated, there's a brand new head coach in Division One college basketball mm. who is undefeated. He's one and zero in his <laughs> career, and his name is John Shire, who was the acting head coach for the Duke Blue Devils. Got a big, massive win, blew out Boston College by what? They win by one, was it mm-hmm. at home? Mm-hmm. So we gotta, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta parse that out. We gotta we get your success. How does this affect the Coach K successor power rankings? When will Coach K be back? Uh, all that kind of thing. Uh, we're we're going to flesh that out for sure. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think Coach K was a little worried about Boston College, who so he let Shire step up to the plate. And Shire now is moving up the rankings, Coach K's success, successor rankings. And uh, it's a good day for everybody. It's a, it's a bright future. If you have two head coaches, Tate, do you actually have – can you have <laughs> one if you have two? I don't know. Is, mm. it, is it like NFL quarterbacks? Mm. Very confusing. Also, uh, we're going to do a Pac-12 update. We did a big one last show, but uh, it's, it's Friday. That's what we do on Friday. I, I'm, I'm excited to do my first official – Friday Pac-12 update. And uh, finally, we're, we have Andy Katz for some tear yep. talk. We, we, Andy Katz is back. We're, we're trying to do that every Friday, too. So he's going to talk to us about how much he loves Michigan. And mm. uh, he called. He, he's the one who did it. He said Michigan's the best <laughs> team in the Big Ten. He, I think he's the one who started it. So he's going to have to atone for, for that, I think. We're going to have to get to the bottom of it. Uh, we got all that coming up, but first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Welcome to another edition of the only sports podcast in America. It is mm. Titus and Tate. We mm-hmm. talk sports. It's what we do. We have a lot of sports to talk about, Tate. Yes. So, <laughs> as, we just... as we always say, just built a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Built different, uh, uh-huh. this podcast, this sports podcast. You and I talking sports, talking college basketball. And uh, it's one of those days where we didn't have much happen in the college basketball sphere that's really going to pop out to you to really get you going. So this is a fun time for you and I because we're going to make it fun. We're just going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. If we did uh, have much happen, (laughs) would anyone have noticed? No. (laughs) No. 
No one would have cared. What is uh, going on in, in, in this country right now? But uh, there was college basketball, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. One game that did happen is Michigan blew out Minnesota. Uh, I, I, I want to have a, a conversation that kind of dovetails here. One, we talk about Michigan. Also, uh, you're, you're fascinated by the undefeated mm. teams left in college basketball. As you said at the top, uh, usually at this, at this time of year, you look at who's undefeated and you make a big deal about it. You're like, oh, my God, can Gonzaga run the table? A lot of us are doing that with Gonzaga for for obvious reasons but that's pretty much it and 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 i guess if you would like poll i don't know a random college basketball fan yep and ask them how many undefeated teams there are they might say two or three there that's not true there's like 27 mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we're, we're gonna flesh that a little bit but uh the the impetus behind us the 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 jumping off point i guess i should say is uh michigan michigan is hot everybody loves michigan i as first reported on this podcast michigan is better than I thought they would be. <laughs> I, I got ahead of this a little bit uh, a week or two ago when I said I, I have my eyes on Michigan. We were talking about the undefeated teams mm-hmm. a little a little earlier, and I said, keep your eye on Michigan because their schedule is not tough. And I don't say that to disparage Michigan. Michigan has been playing very, very good basketball, and they beat the hell out of Minnesota. But when you fleshed it out, you're like, yeah, I can see Michigan. You, you look up in the middle of January, and they'll still be undefeated. And sure enough, here we are, and they're undefeated. Yeah, and it's one guy, really, for me and for America that stands out when you think about Michigan, and that's Hunter Dickinson. And uh, he had his really coming-out party against his home state, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 26-11 and 11 in that game, and that was pretty much the statement where I, uh, even on this program, I think last week we were talking about Michigan, and, and I said... I'm not really sure. You know, I don't really buy into mm-hmm. it yet. They haven't played. The Big Ten is so deep that they've now created like separate tiers within the Big Ten when they talk about it. There, There's now a big three within the Big Ten, and Michigan has not played the big three. Um, so we'll see how they fare against the big three, and then we can realize, you know, where they actually stand in the Big Ten. What if it's, Michigan's better than the big three? It's who like knows? The, the tiers are Michigan's at the top, yes. then there's the big three. Yes. <laughs> I, I, it, that could be very true. Maybe Michigan is the one seed in the Big the Ten. The big one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the one in the Big Ten. Uh, that's who they are. Uh, I'm excited for Jawan Howard. They were supposed to be a year away. They were supposed yeah. to be getting recruits in, and uh, they're ahead of schedule. And Dickinson is, uh, I think he's four-time freshman of the week already in the Big Ten. So Somebody, I, I don't know what Chet Holmgren's uh, cable package looks like, but I would pay <laughs> a lot of money for somebody to make sure Chet Holmgren can never watch any Michigan basketball right now because that's mm-hmm. my fear. My, mm-hmm. my fear is, as you said, they're supposed to be your way. Chet Holmgren is apparently leaning Gonzaga. That's what the uh, the recruiting experts wow. are, are definitely always right. Mm-hmm. And it's and <laughs> the crystal ball. Yeah. The crystal ball guys who definitely don't just like throw shit against the wall and then <laughs> write like five minutes before a kid actually makes his announcement, they change their pick and then they, they say, hey, I called it. Look. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Chet Holmgren, the number one recruit in the country, one of one of many, is apparently going to Gonzaga, but Michigan is in the running. And as you said, like that, the, whether he goes there or not, they have a good recruiting class next year. Mm-hmm. The, the momentum is building. Next year was kind of the year, uh, but they are playing really well. And and Hunter Dickinson is part of the story. Certainly, he's the best player on the team. He's he's a monster. He looks as our friend John Rostein said, he's not one of the best freshman big men in the country. Tate. He's one of the best big men in the country. Mm, mm. He, that's a that it feels a little too. That's like Jay Billis adjacent, if I can call Rusty yeah. out. Like that's that feels a little too similar to the. <laughs> he's not a good basketball player. He's mm-hmm. a great basketball player. Yeah, which is a Billisism. So be careful. He's not that. just a good passer. He's a great, great. passer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't say just though, he says he's not a good passer, and you're like, what? 
Did he really say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he is. He's a great pastor. And you're like, ah, ah you got me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not just Dickinson, Tate, that, that, that has made Michigan so good. It's the, the graduate cha- transfers. I think, Juwan Howard, we should, we should point that out. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith from Columbia, who, who came to Michigan, uh, the, the point guard of Michigan. He, he came to Michigan uh, having been a scorer at Columbia. That was kind of what he did. I think he averaged like 22 points or something for Columbia. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no Ivy League basketball this year. Uh, he comes to Michigan. He uh, is now like the facilitator, the assist man. And that is, I, I, I want to point that out and highlight that because that is not an easy transition to make, to be a guy who is used to scoring 20 plus points a game. And now you're, you know, just running the offense and, and getting in where you fit. And he's still, he's still scoring a little bit, but you know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. that he, he's made it look easy, but that is not a give me. That is not like, uh, it's, it's not sim- it's simple enough to just say, yeah, let's go pluck the guy who averaged 20 points a game. Uh, get him to grad transfer here. We'll pl- we'll plug him in at point guard, and we'll be fine. Um, that's not a formula that that is guaranteed to work every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kudos to Mike Smith for making it work. Also, Shondi Brown from, yep, from Wake, Wake Forest yep. has been awesome as well. Uh, so I think to me, like Hunter Dickinson is it was already supposed to be good, but I don't think I don't think even Juwan Howard expected him to be this good. But it's not just Dickinson. I, it, for me, it's like those two guys too. It's the graduate transfers. It's very easy to just. Uh, you know, especially as as the talk of of transfers, the the transfer epidemic, as it's been called, I, mm-hmm. I assume we're going to find a new word for that given the times we live in. But uh, you know, the last few years, transfers have, have gained steam and and all that sort of thing. And I think uh, you fall into a trap of thinking getting transfers is easy. Just like basically mm-hmm. figure out who scores the most points at tiny ass schools, give them a call, say come to our big school, yep. and I'm sure we'll be good. It's not that easy. It doesn't work that way. More often than not, guys from tiny schools come to the big schools, and Wake Forest is not a tiny school, so apologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wake yeah. Forest fans listening are like, what the hell, dude? Steve Forbes is yeah. spiking his mass right now. But yeah, it's not what, – what my point is, it's not it's, – it, it, it can go either way, yeah, and, it, yeah. and this is going Christian well for Keeling, Michigan. Keeling uh, yeah, is a perfect yeah. example. Justin Pierce last year for North yeah. Carolina. Reed Travis is a guy that comes from Stanford that, like – you expect him to be that same quality of player, and he's like a B level version of himself at Kentucky. You know right, I mean? it's right. not a one to one always. It's not. Yeah, it, it's it's much uh, riskier. I, I think there's just a, the uh, and I, uh, in your head you would assume that like grad transfers are the less risky play than trying to recruit and deal with all that. It might mm-hmm. still technically be not as risky, but it's still very risky in terms of uh, the production you're going to get from these guys. And Jawan Howard knocked it out of the park with these two dudes. So uh, I, I wanted to point that out as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, I. And- and people forget, uh, Mark Titus, that Nojo Eastern was supposed to be one of those mm. transfers that was supposed to be on that bench. <laughs> and if if those credits transferred, folks, we'd have a totally different outlook on Nojo Eastern. But I don't want to get into all we that. We would have but, a totally uh, different outlook on Michigan, too. Undefeated. Undefeated. Be, <laughs> you're saying they would be more undefeated? Yes, even okay. more. They would be blowing out teams. <laughs> They're undefeated, but... They what would be they even were more, more undefeated. <laughs> I, I do want to point this out, and, and this is going to be taken the wrong way because I'm an Ohio State guy, and uh, you, you know I'm, I'm sure Michigan fans are going to think this is just Buckeye bias. And I don't know. I, I've tried to make it clear on the program many times over that I just mm-hmm. hate the Michigan football team. But yep. Michigan fans hate the Michigan football team, right? Like <laughs> I think everybody does everybody at this point. Does, yeah, so. even Jim Harbaugh is like you know teetering. I understand how this is going to sound when I say it, so uh, whatever. I, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop prefacing. I'll just dive in. Screw it. I'll, I'll, I'll wear my take. Michigan's schedule has not been... Like, like I, I think we should maybe pump the brakes a little bit on crowning yeah. them the best in the Big Ten. I, I, they might be. They might end up being the best in the Big Ten. And I know that I, I mentioned recently that 
the the vibes I have around Michigan is similar to the the uh, the example I keep using is the Indiana football season where mm-hmm. it's like all right so they beat okay fine they blew out Minnesota fine but now let's see what happens against Wisconsin coming up here and then they'll beat Wisconsin I'm like yeah but that was at home so let's see but in all seriousness Tate what we have seen this year in college are you basketball, saying they have to beat the big three they have to beat the big three yeah exactly they have to what what mm-hmm. I what I really want to see from them in terms of before I'm ready to put them in tier one Andy Katz oh my god we got to talk to him about wow. this he's, he's in wow. their tier he's a tier, their tier one team to him Michigan is very very good they they are much better than I, I expect them to be they deserve to be top 10 I I think but before I start saying like this is a final four team this is a team that can compete with the Gonzagas and Baylors and all that they got to do something away from home and that's not their fault they it's it's that's this, how the schedule's played out. They've wiped the floor with basically everyone they've played. But their two wins away from home are Nebraska and Maryland. And Maryland mm-hmm. is probably not going to be a tournament team. Maybe they'll sneak in. It depends. I don't know. Could go either way. <laughs> uh, Nebraska's horrible. So that's that's kind of where I've arrived with this is that, you know, like I, I get that home court advantage isn't what it usually is in college basketball. But but at the same time, it's still you're still sleeping in your own bed. You're still shooting in the same atmosphere Gym. you've been yeah. practicing in mm-hmm. all week. Like there's still an advantage. And and that's become clear with like I mean Minnesota is a great example. They just beat the hell out of Minnesota. Minnesota when they're playing in the barn, they look like a Final Four team. Minnesota that we've seen away from the barn looks like an NIT team, mm-hmm. if that. And it's very Minnesota. I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of what happens. So yeah. I want to see what Michigan and 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 I know we've seen it. I know Maryland was a good win. They they kicked Maryland's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I that was Hunter's that. coming home party. Yeah, yeah, that was I acknowledge game. that. I'm just saying like. They got a stretch coming up. It, it's it's a little a little ways away actually. But uh, they they I I, I want to see what happens. And oh, this is what I was gonna say. I looked up their schedule. Uh, Michigan. What, what's frustrating is Michigan does not play. Wh- where do they not play? They they do not play. Uh, I had it somewhere. Damn, where's my notes? Yeah, they don't play at Iowa this year. Mm-hmm. They don't play at Rutgers, and they don't play at Illinois. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I'll say this. I think they're gonna win the Big Ten based on that. But also, like, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's worth it if you're Jawan Howard, obviously, if this year, even if it is, the schedule is favorable for you to, you know, get that recognition this year. And then you'll be better next year. You build. Mm-hmm. Dickinson comes back as a sophomore and, uh, you know, you rewrite history next year. But I agree with you. I'm not all the way bought in and sold on Michigan. I, I know I'm, Michigan fans are upset with us. They've reminded us that they're 10-0. They've reminded us yeah. that they are the big one. And uh, we acknowledge them. We know that they're good. It's not yeah, to they're say that they're not good. I just want to see if they actually are the best team in the mm-hmm. Big Ten because I am still pro-Iowa. I think Iowa's the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, I think, you know, Illinois, I go back and forth on. I think they can get there, but I, I don't know. Maybe Michigan I is. think I think uh, Wisconsin is the best team in the Big Ten. Wow. I think Iowa is the most dangerous team in the Big Ten. <laughs> I think Illinois is the most talented team in the Big Ten. Mm. I think Michigan is the hottest team in the Big Ten. I think Michigan State is the scariest team in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. think Rutgers is the uh, friskiest, uh, <laughs> the, the dark horsiest team in the Big Ten. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> is that enough? Have we done enough? No, we need Indiana. Um, I don't know what Indiana is. Yeah, that's uh, no. Listen, you you play the teams in front of you. Uh, I I if Michigan wins the Big Ten, if Michigan goes undefeated, whatever they've earned it, all that sort of thing. Um, I I definitely do think they are very good. Uh, I I you know all the qualifiers. Here comes the butt. You know I I they they got Minnesota. They, the rematch is on Saturday, I believe. Uh, next Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, in like a week, they they will go to the barn. 
and we'll know everything after that because they got minute they got uh their Wisconsin at home and then Minnesota over the weekend. Uh, that's when I'll make my decision. So check back next week after that Minnesota game when Michigan blows out both those teams, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. So now, now let's wait a second. And there's also a chance, like, at, at that time, we can evaluate. Like, Franz Wagner, we need to realize or figure out or decipher if he is going to be a foe of the program like his brother or if he's going to be a friend of the program like the original Duncan Robinson. I like Franz Wagner. I like the way he plays. I mm-hmm. think I think I'm in on Franz. Uh, I, I'm I'm slowly teetering in the it, it, on the side of I think Michigan is a top tier team. Yeah, uh, not a top tier team nationally. I think the tier is only two teams nationally. Uh, I would agree but, with that. But top t- top tier in the Big Ten for sure. I think they're working the way up. But I yeah. I, I think like I guess that's we don't want to jump the gun. My that's thesis point do. is like let's not jump the gun. What the way everyone was saying to me when I got excited about Gonzaga after Gonzaga beat the fourth ranked team away from home on the season and i was like dude this team's so good and people are like now hang on now hang on <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i want to do with, with michigan is like just, would they beat baylor <laughs> let's let's continue the michigan climb let's yeah. not like throw michigan all the way at the top just yet but they're on the climb and mm-hmm. we acknowledge the climb mm-hmm. now let's keep it climbing right yeah. that's yeah. all let's keep climbing um, if nothing else kudos to juan howard who uh has a good thing going there and yeah is the one uh is the one alumnus hire, you know, that, uh, I mean, we, we said this when he was kind of hired, is that the, the, he is the one who's, uh, I, I hate that I'm using this phrase, but you put it in my head, built different. Mm-hmm. He's, <laughs> he's built the different. one that's different. He's the guy that... Uh, With the emoji blowing out the smoke right next to it, built different. Yeah, yeah I mean, the guy cried in his introductory press conference. It mm-hmm. did not have a... I, 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 I believe him when he says he wants to be there and he wants yes. to build the program. This was not a, the, the, the flip side to this to me was Chris Mullen at St. John's who didn't even realize he was the head basketball coach. Just yeah. thought he was Chris mm-hmm. Mullen at St. John's. Mm-hmm. But Jawan Howard is not that and he's built something and it's, he's going to be around for a while winning basketball games. And that's cool. So uh, that's, that's enough on Michigan. I yeah. Guess. And it's great. Cause you know, Jalen Rose is like fully in, you know, we watched Jalen Jacoby. I used to work at Jalen Jacoby, you know, Jalen at the end of the episodes mm-hmm. is talking about Michigan. So Michigan basketball is getting the national, you know, conversation going. So congratulations to them. I want to talk to you about the undefeateds because I think uh, this is what mm-hmm. the people want to know. Uh, America is not up to, de- uh, up to date so far on who the undefeated teams are in college basketball. Eight teams all time have uh, ended up going undefeated you know since 1938 with the tournament included the last one was the 1976 indiana hoosiers that mm-hmm. was for coach titus should have been back to back scott may broke his arm in 75 lost yeah. to kentucky yeah should have been back to back undefeated season the only teams that ever go undefeated including the postseason all time liu san francisco north carolina ucla indiana so uh are those That's the true really? yeah are those the true blue bloods uh we don't know maybe um, San Francisco, people, the Bill Russell team. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. 1956. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Good times. The Dons. Uh, but yeah, now we have the undefeateds that are in college basketball now. When was the Carolina? T- I'm sorry to keep derailing this. I, I just, 1957. The, they beat uh, Will Chamberlain. Oh, yeah, the Will Chamberlain. Yeah, that was the. Lenny Rosenbluth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the Jim Frank Brown. McGuire. Uh, was That was the year Jim Brown was supposed to play for Syracuse and then didn't and then Syracuse like lost to yeah I remember that and then mm-hmm. they lost to yeah okay all right they lost to North Carolina I think along the way yeah I think so who, who, could, ever who yeah. could ever forget <laughs> yeah I remember like it was yesterday uh, Billy Packer called that game right <laughs> yeah, <for> yeah. Sure. <laughs> and Teddy V also repped it yeah. uh <laughs> the undefeated here we are in college basketball first team Titus that's undefeated still in the season Alabama A&M uh mm. who would have thought two and oh uh, their first win was on November 29th. Their last win was on December 19th. 
Uh, they sit at two and zero currently right now. One, did you know that they were undefeated? Uh, sure because I did. I did not. I did not. That is not the for for clarification. That is not the Mo Williams. No, team. no. He's Alabama State, correct? Yes, correct. This is Alabama A and M. So mm-hmm. I, I could I, I could feel people out there wondering. Yeah, like why why, why are you myself. not mentioning Mo? Williams? The moment you said Alabama A and M, I was like, is that Mo? And then I thought about it. I was like, no, it's not. It, it's not. Yeah, two and zero, huh? <laughs> yeah. Out of the swag. How <laughs> yeah. about that? Yeah, congratulations to the swag. You and I famously love the swag. Uh, the swag loves us. We do the three x three U tournament. Uh, they are always the most fun team uh, and definitely the most lit team. And uh, we always enjoy the swag. Number two team that's undefeated, Siena, also 2-0. Uh, they are leading Iona, Patino's Iona team. Uh, that is 3-1 and one, uh, in their conference right now. Uh, I guess, you know, that's that's good news. Can Siena hold out? That is the mm. question. That, that's mm. what I want to really know about the undefeated. It's like, is that the goal? Because the Ivy League is also undefeated uh, overall, so they are right. holding out there. They are all collectively undefeated. So Siena's two and zero. Have they? I mean, I assume they've just been on pause a lot because of COVID. Because like the 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 MAC is the the double A MAC. Um, mm-hmm. They they played all year, right? Yeah, they've like, been playing. Not, yeah, but they've had because like the Patriot downs. League just yeah. started, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Patriot League. Mm-hmm started in Jan- uh, at the turn of the, the the new year but the max started with with everyone else yep. so they, but they've only played two games yep huh. in conference two games in, well two games overall and two games in conference yeah huh yeah. all right well good so, for them congratulations yeah, and, to you <laughs> yeah 2-0 there you go and also a 2-0 is a team that you and I uh, one of the teams i think it was the first story of our top 100 storylines of the season hawaii mm. uh, also 2-0 uh, they have played two teams uh, on the mainland in hawaii um, so they, the, those on the their... mainland in Hawaii, is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, it, basically on the big Island. Uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> they have not come brain. to the main. Well, I was my thinking, brain at a pretzel. Yeah. The well, it, my brain was going, uh, to, they have to come to the mainland to play some big West games at some point. Uh, yeah. they played two games in Hawaii so far. Okay. Uh, and they are two and no played no conference games. As I said, uh, who knows what goes, they, they are actually probably the most applicable team that could go. Undefeated, undefeated for the season, yeah. and maybe you know we'll. So see if Hawaii, do you think there's a chance? Maybe this is where you and I step in at mm-hmm. the end of the year um, and claim the and, national and we, champions. We have to vote, yeah. Because <laughs> do you think there's a chance that there will be an undefeated team that finishes like six and zero and doesn't make the tournament, doesn't play, like shuts the season down or something? Yeah. Um, I guess if you shut the season down, we can't crown any national champions. But if but, Hawaii, like. Hawaii ends up being it's selection Sunday. Hawaii is seven and zero, and they're obviously not going to make the tournament. Yeah, and they're probably not making the NIT. And what what do we do? Do we, I guess you and I have to talk about it. We have to figure yeah. out: Are we going to give them a Titus and Tate national championship banner? I banner? I think so. I mean, their first game was it was Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, who of course is Hawaii that we're talking about, versus Hawaii the Pacific Sharks. Um, so, you know what I mean? Just, just going every through. school in Hawaii <laughs> is called Hawaii. <laughs> With a different mascot. Uh, so they're 2-0. and There's Hawaii. Uh, the next team that's undefeated, uh, the Citadel. Uh, they are 7-0. Mm-hmm. and They have played no conference games as well. Uh, we want to, you know, shout out to the troops, support the troops. Uh, Actual military school. Yes, uh, not yeah, Furman. Not, not Furman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is one of those things where you think it could be the school that, we're, that we usually talk about, but it's not quite. A little bit yeah. off. Alabama A&M, the Citadel. <laughs> Uh, but seven and zero, that, that's interesting. I think uh, again, they haven't played no conference games, so keep an eye on them. Um, next up, we got Winthrop, uh, who mm. was out to the best start in Big South history at nine and zero. Beat UNCG West Miller's team um, back in December, early December. I remember that game. But yeah, Winthrop, they're uh, they're nine and zero. 
And, that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like real. legitimate. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a. Real is that start. their their best win? Is they they beat Furman too? Yep, yep. Wait, is that is is that the Furman? They're in the same conference as Furman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and UNCG. But because yeah. this was supposed to be Furman and UNCG. Yeah, battling it out for the best and exactly. That's the big two of the Big yeah. South. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, Winthrop yeah. is Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is what you're telling me, and they're just yeah, better than okay. How about that? Congratulations, Winthrop. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Uh, and and next up, uh, we got Drake, um, which I yeah. I, I had uh, you know we talked about Drake on the last episode. I told you they made the. We talk about Drake a lot on this show. Yeah, um, yeah. Drake is a is a big part of this show, big part of of what we get into here. God's plan, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Drake is thirteen and zero. They have played a garbage schedule. I mean, they they they've played the likes of Chicago State, Kansas State. I mean, mm-hmm. just really horrible teams. <laughs> but <laughs> they got Loyola coming up, a doubleheader, Sunday and yeah. Monday. I think this is the uh, – if you want to do the same thing we're doing with Michigan, which beat these teams and I'll believe in you, <laughs> it's uh, if they come out of this weekend having beat – or Sunday, Monday, I guess, um, having beat Loyola twice, I'm on the Drake bandwagon. Yep. But yep. I, got, I got to see that for you. You get to 15-0 and with two wins over Sister Jean – I'm believe it. I'm buying the Drake stock. Yeah, Sister Jean, uh, don't blow it. Please do not be Drake. We need Drake to be undefeated. We need Drake to jump on the bandwagon. Real Drake to jump. Can we get, with can we get actual Drake to go to that game? One of those games. I get think actual I, Drake and Sister Jean. I think if we're in Indiana and it's in Sibley tournament and Drake's like a five seed undefeated, uh, they've played a horrible schedule. Drake, Drake will go to support. I, I believe it deep in my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other undefeated teams we have Michigan, like we said, we already talked about them. Gonzaga, who is probably the realest version of undefeated, and of course Baylor, who is uh, probably the second realest version. <laughs> what does that mean? The realest version of undefeated? Well, we're talking more about more undefeated than all the others. Yeah, the the most is undefeated. Dr- would it not be Drake at thirteen and zero? They've won three more games than well. Michigan we're talking about the, the quality of undefeated. Okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how undefeated are you? How undefeated are you? That, these are the stakes. <laughs> can we do? Can we start that section? Yeah, how that, undefeated this, are you? This is what we're doing right now today. <laughs> there it is. All right. So uh, <laughs> UC San Diego also undefeated. So those are your. They're undefeated not very teams. undefeated. Though. They're they're not undefeated. They're not very undefeated. Like so, you're saying like Ivy League. You're undefeated, but like how undefeated are you? Nah, it's barely, barely undefeated. Like yeah, literally. Technicality. Yeah, it was hard for me to write out undefeated. Yes. Gonzaga is extremely undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, the most undefeated around, the, yes. The most undefeated team, <laughs> yes. Maybe we. Baylor is the second most undefeated team. <laughs> Drake is the third most undefeated team. Drake uh, is more undefeated than Michigan. Than Michigan, say. yes, uh, because of the number and uh, because it's Drake, and we're biased here. Uh, they are. Third. What about Michigan San Diego State? <laughs> San Diego State is top twenty-five undefeated always, so they are the twenty-fifth most undefeated team in the country. They are uh, others receiving votes <laughs> undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> they're in ultra or they're like a team uh, that like it, it, they have a s- self ban uh uh, uh yeah a, a self-implemented ban so they're technically not ranked but they're undefeated in our yeah. hearts yeah, yeah. always yeah. always right. yeah nominally <laughs> uh in all seriousness who's who's the last team undefeated it's got to be gonzaga right yeah i think so I think it's Gonzaga. I would love for Drake to keep the dream going, but I think Sister Jean's going to ruin it, at least in one of those games. By the uh, way, so. uh, big-time Jinx vibes, because we're recording this uh, a little bit before Gonzaga plays BYU tonight, and uh, I'm, I'm just getting flashbacks to the last show we did where we are like, uh, Oklahoma State, shout-out. 
everything's rolling. You got West yeah. Virginia tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big wins. Yeah. Big <laughs> West Virginia's got bad vibes. There's, there's literally no way it could go wrong yeah. for Oklahoma State against West yeah. Virginia. And then, uh, yikes. But yeah, I, it, Gonzaga's got to be the obvious answer for the team. To, just because Baylor is uh, in an absolutely loaded conference. Yeah, Baylor's got to play Texas. Uh, that's yeah. going to be a doozy. And obviously, they're in the Big 12, the second best conference. Drake's the most fun. So here's, here's my question to you. At what point of the year, like without looking at Baylor's schedule, and I guess we could have been better prepared and flesh this out having looked at their schedule, but uh, without looking at Baylor's schedule, at what point in the year, if Baylor is still undefeated, going through a Big 12 gauntlet, the likes of Kansas and Texas and Texas Tech and others, <laughs> you look up and you see Baylor still undefeated. At what point are you, Tate Frazier, saying, oh my God, Baylor is more undefeated than Gonzaga is? Mm, right after point. Valentine's Day. I mean, it's, is that it's, Valentine's yeah, Day? It's, yeah. it's like mid-February. Before, okay. like we're, we're basically from the stretch run of the season. That's uh, We're like a week away from the, two weeks away from the stretch run of the season. And I look up and I see Baylor has won at, let's say, at Texas or whatever it is. And they've gotten past one part of the gauntlet. I say to myself, mm -hmm. oh, they're for real. And in fact, I watched Baylor play the other night, just the, you know, wrapping up the, against TCU at the end of the game. And uh, they they are polished. You know what I mean? I, I always think I was going to say that on this, uh, you know, going into today without watching Baylor, really, uh, the past, you know, couple weeks, I was going to come in and say, it's Gonzaga. I don't care to just get Baylor out of my face. But then I watch Baylor and they're, you know, they're clinical and they seem very confident. And Oh, they're, uh, they're, they're so good. They're, yeah. It's they're, just... I mean, I know that they're legitimate, but like, I, I think that they have everything like buttoned up if that, if that makes any sense. And I usually am waiting for the Baylor kind of trip and they yeah. seem to be all together. So, um, yeah, Shout I mean, out they're, to Scott Drew. They, they are very good. The difference between them and Gonzaga is just that Gonzaga is playing marquee huge games, which is yeah. why we, you know, yeah. it would have been nice to see that them play each other because Baylor uh, has not exactly their their schedule hasn't come to fruition like we were hoping at the start mm -hmm. of the year. They did beat Illinois, so we should acknowledge that. Um, they 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 gave a, they beat the snot out of Illinois, kind of. Uh, I pulled up the schedule, so they got they got TCU on Saturday, this mm. this coming Saturday. Then they're uh, West Virginia at home on Tuesday at Texas Tech, Kansas at home at Oklahoma State. That stretch would end uh, the Oklahoma State games at, at on January twenty third. So that's still not enough for you. If mm. they go through, if they beat West Virginia, Texas Tech, Kansas, Oklahoma State, in four games in a row, <laughs> yeah, that's look, enough for me. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. Because that would be January twenty third. That's yeah. well before Valentine's Day. Th You're that is, that enough. is enough for me to at least like perk up and say, okay, all right. That if was, uh, that was the first mile marker, I will say. If not, then they got Kansas State at home, which is a win. They yeah. got Auburn at home, which is a win. Yeah. Um, and then on January or I'm sorry, February second, they're playing at Texas. Mm. So I mean, it, that's that's. I think at, I think after I think after that. If you if you went yeah. at Texas, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the answer. So, all right, well, February fourth, we'll know the answer. Is Baylor for real? Will they go undefeated? How undefeated are they? How uh, undefeated are they? Yeah, Hawaii not that undefeated, but they have a real chance to stay undefeated. If Drake beats, if for real, I don't expect Drake to win both of these, but if Drake really does beat Loyola twice in a row, it's on. It might be on. Mm -hmm. Drake, it, it really might be on. I don't know. We'd have to. That's I'm pulling up. What's the highest seed that Drake could get if they were undefeated going into the tournament? <sighs> probably a three seed. Schedule is not good. Yeah, yeah probably uh, probably a three or four seed. Probably a four. Yeah. They they the, that I would be see, hilarious if they come in as undefeated and they get a four seed. They're undefeated. They get a five, <laughs> and then they play like UNC North Greensboro Carolina five twelve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they play USC with Evan Mobley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> top three. Stanford with Zaire Williams. <laughs> play like a top pick. Five twelve game. They're like, yeah, I told you they weren't good. You're like, that's the NCAA tournament. That's how they do things. Uh, before we get to Andy Katz, quickly. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's save it for let's save it for after Andy. Okay. I want to talk to you about Shire and Duke and all that, but uh, we we can do that after we talk to Andy. Uh, I I I gotta get Andy's thoughts on. We're, we're talking about undefeated. We're talking. Yeah, about we're tiers. talking tears. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to pivot away from that, and then talk to you know so let's let's just stay on the tier talk let's stay on the undefeated talk let's bring on andy katz get his tears get a third voice in here and uh and see what happens so uh here we go let's talk to andy all right before we talk to andy katz i want to talk about DraftKings and i want to talk about tate playoffs playoffs you want to talk about playoffs yes that's right football's playoffs start this weekend and there is no better place to get in on all of the action than with the draft King Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't checked out the app yet, there's no better time to sign up and start cashing in. To celebrate the most exciting time of the football season, DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's football games. That's right. Once you opt in and place your bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. And my God, if there's not a touchdown, yikes. They're better. There's going to be a touch. There has to be. While we are all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season has also tipped off. So head over to the app now and check out all of DraftKings daily odds. Booze DraftKings is safe. It is secure and it is reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Tate when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money. If there's a touchdown, one touchdown, one O&E touchdown, is scored in one of Saturday's football games. That's code Tate for new players to get a shot at doubling your money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. Only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, joining us as he does on every Friday show, it's Andy Katz. You can follow him on Twitter at the Indy Cats where or the Indy Cats depending on how pretentious you are like the Ohio State yeah at, like the Ohio State uh where he puts out his tears and 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 those of you that listen to the show know how this works by now Andy comes on the show with his tears our hope is that he leaves with a different kind of tears because we are going to rip this apart I am looking at Andy's tier list here and in, in tier number one we have Gonzaga Baylor Villanova I don't think there's much argument at this point that those are the top three teams in the country this is where he loses me. This is where the wheels start falling off. This is where Andy Katz is putting his neck out. And, uh, you know, people might start throwing accusations. Is he doing it for clicks? I don't know. We're going to flesh this out with him. Michigan at four, Andy. Michigan? Well, can I please explain this <laughs> to our viewers slash listeners? Uh, and this is a recurring retention problem, guys, that happens when there's a difference between rankings and bracket predictions, mm -hmm. okay? Rankings like tiers, which I have created here, um, are a moment in time, a snapshot in time, how you're playing right now. Seeds and brackets are the body of work. Okay. For example, I got a lot of flack uh, when we put out our first bracket uh, that I've done, uh, and I didn't have Syracuse in. And, you know, but yet Syracuse was, uh, you know, ranked within the net, I think in the top 30 or something like that. Uh, but they don't equate because Syracuse really hadn't beaten anyone of substance to warrant being in the, you know, in, in my bracket. And then by the way, then they went and lost to Pitt. And so with Michigan, do I think ultimately they will be the best team in the big 10? No, but at this juncture, this moment in time, 
they are playing the best basketball in the Big Ten. Yeah. I know they have not played the Big Three yet of Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin. But at this time, they are playing the best basketball. They're the only undefeated team in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And that's why, to me, if you're winning the Big Ten right now, you deserve a spot in Tier 1. And, and Andy, I have to ask about you know Tier 1 and just where, the, where we are with this whole juncture. Because I feel like America, the college basketball conglomerate, when they think of Tier 1, they think of Gonzaga, Baylor. Maybe Villanova, right? Those, those are maybe the, maybe they'll give Villanova the benefit of the doubt, but it's basically those two teams. But what I am suggesting, Andy, is you add a fifth team into Tier One and you just bump Texas up because they win by twenty-five yeah, that's... points at Kansas, and we just for one time we have five teams in Tier One. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And, and and I thought you know it's funny, Tate. I actually didn't think about that. Okay, because, good. Uh, but then I've gotten into this routine, but I don't know why I'm sort of pigeonholing myself to four, four, four. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's the, that's my real gripe here, Andy. Is like yeah. honestly, if we're all being real with ourselves, tier one is Gonzaga and Baylor. That's it. That's tier one yeah, is Gonzaga right, Baylor. You're right. Probably that's should it. have done that. And now tier two is Villanova. Yeah. You said it the You want to change it as the way out of this segment. So now already you're changing it because now <laughs> be pigeonholing myself into four teams because I was I, I thought about that that Texas belongs there. But with Michigan being the only undefeated team in by far the best league, I thought, okay, they deserve. Now, I will say this. One thing that does equate, um, I do think ultimately the top of Tier 1, and I'm not alone in this, I think will end up being number one seeds. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I I think Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova are on the fast track to number ones for sure. And then it gets interesting. I I, I like that you said, by the way. Yeah, I like that you said, by the way, that the Big Ten is by far the best league. That's a company man right there, Tate, that uh, the uh, uh, the Fox has Big Ten games. We don't necessarily have Big 12 games, so he's not he's not buying into the Big 12. <laughs> Michigan was in Tier 2. It would be all Big Ten teams in Tier 2, uh, so that would be yeah. an issue as well. Yeah. So it makes sense, Andy. I, I get uh, it. Here, here's, here's like a philosophical type question, Andy. What, does, uh, what would Baylor have to do? Let's just play a little what-if game. Um, in your mind, for to to be able to jump Gonzaga, we are now at the part of the season where Gonzaga had a loaded one of the one of the strongest non-conference schedules we've ever seen in college basketball, and and they obviously looked unbelievable during that time. But now we pivot to Gonzaga's playing West Coast Conference schools, whereas Baylor is playing the likes of Texas and West Virginia and Kansas. What what just like theoretically? I know we can't predict the future, and maybe Baylor beats Texas by forty. I don't know, but like just in your mind as you're thinking this through. Uh, if Gonzaga continues to go undefeated, is there a world where Baylor can jump them for you? So that's an interesting point, and I do think the selection committee is going to have to wrestle with this as well uh, because I think that the number one overall seed is likely to come between uh, those two schools. Um, Baylor obviously is going to have a much stronger conference strength of schedule than Gonzaga. Gonzaga will have a stronger non-conference strength of schedule. And of course, there's still an outside shot they – Re, they rescheduled the game they were supposed to play against each other. I don't anticipate Baylor to go undefeated, um, especially with the way Texas is playing, having to play Kansas twice. Um, obviously, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, West Virginia, mm-hmm. although they slid a little bit without uh, Oscar Shibway. I know they came back and beat Oklahoma State, but we don't expect them to be the same team. So that being said, if Gonzaga were hypothetically uh, to struggle – but even win, but maybe struggle with a Pacific, with a San Diego, um, a Santa Clara, something like that. Maybe it's down to a one-possession game. Then I think you could make a strong argument. 
Now, obviously, if they lose one, that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, if they both go undefeated, I do think the eye test and the metrics may fall into this. There's no question when you watch Gonzaga offensively, they're the best team in the country. Yeah. If they can sustain it. But but does it matter? I guess this year, does it matter to have the number one overall seed? Like, what does that even mean in a year where everyone's playing in the same? Uh, well, I mean, know, here's the thing, Mark. There's still going to be a, and actually it's going to be much more of a true, you know, one to 68 um, uh, yeah. seedless. Because yeah. the only thing that you're going to move maybe a little on a line is in the first round to avoid a rematch or a conference match. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You don't have to take into account any kind of geographic uh, considerations. So in that sense, you know, Gonzaga as a one still will play, you know, the weaker of the eight, nine, mm-hmm. weaker of the four, as you go down the list, um, you know, how much of a difference will there be in those between what a one versus two are playing further down? Maybe not a lot. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing that we don't know yet, uh, and I know you know these venues in Indiana. Um, what I don't know yet is will they protect the top seeds in certain arenas? For yeah. example, uh, I'm curious to find out will the number one seed or seeds um, always play in Lucas Oil because mm-hmm. that's going to be the home of the Final Four. So do they end up getting that advantage technically of playing you know, in the eventual Final Four home in the different rounds? Do the lower-ranked teams get shipped off to the fairgrounds, to Indiana, to <laughs> Purdue, um, you know, rather than playing in downtown Indianapolis at Lucas Oil or Bankers Life? I don't think they've figured that out yet. Yeah, Andy, has there been any talk? I know this is just a random question. Has there been any talk of not playing the championship game in Lucas Oil just because it's such a big football stadium? There's not going to be fans there anyway. Like, can we play it in Assembly Hall? Can we play it? Hinkle Fieldhouse is the one we all want. I mean, like, if you're just talking like pure basketball fan – ideal situation is played in Hinkle. If take take out take away like every other thing to think about. Yeah, it's just Hinkle would be yeah. But it is a better atmosphere, but I do believe uh well first of all they are going to allow families. Um mm. I still would not rule out fans because we're talking about April 3rd and 5th. Um mm. you know the Colts had I think 12,000 fans at their last home game. So Yeah, we're also Cap- talking about Indiana yeah, as yeah, you said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh you guys are in California. Um, so I, I would not rule that out. And obviously yeah. if you're playing the percentages and you've got a 70,000 seat stadium, uh, and you can put 20% in, you want it to be in the bigger stadium. So, um, uh, you know, I, I do think that's one of the other reasons I do, Let me qualify. Let me rephrase and say that I know it was discussed about whether or not they should still play at Lucas oil, but mm-hmm. as we've moved along and I know we're in a horrible part of the pandemic right now. I do think that they're still going to keep it there for now. Everything's fluid, as we know, but I do think they will keep it now as a possibility to spread people out a little bit more. This is a dumb reason to make the decision, but I think uh, it's worth bringing up nonetheless that I do think Lucas Oil will look better on television. I think like having the raised court and like the wide shot and whether, I guess if you don't have the fans in or whatever, but it will have a feel of like a big event, even if there are no fans in there at all. Um, which like weirdly matters. That I'm going to be really interested to see is even if there are fans, they're not going to need the um, you know the 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 uh, the stands that they put in for these events. Yeah. Um, 
And so I'd be interested to see, okay, does that change where they put the court? Um, yeah. Because you don't need those stands coming in to fill in the gap of the end zones. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you still keep it in the middle, what do you put on those sides? Yeah, well, that's um, – you know, so I don't know the configuration. That's of a good point that might that might just prove my argument wrong. That like actually, if you throw a court in the middle of a football field, nothing around it, it looks it looks horrible on TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Before we let you go, Andy, uh, my, my final my thought. Quick, quick thing, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and our viewers are gonna have to YouTube this, I'm pretty sure that's what they did for the famous UCLA. God, why am I drawing a blank? When they played in Houston at the Astrodome. Yeah, the Houston the. Uh, yeah, the the Fi Slam Jamma versus yes. UCLA, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Further than that. No. Uh, uh, was that the, the Astro? Yeah, yeah. Was the, the, the name? I can't remember. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, I UCLA was about. definitely there. Um, unfortunately, I should have known this before I said it, but I'm pretty sure they just plopped the court down in the middle of the Astrodome. That is, uh, yeah, it was it was against Houston. They played at the Astro. It was Houston oh, versus oh. UCLA, 1968. Yeah, I knew it was before Slam Jam, but it was Houston. Okay, yeah, thank you. Got, yeah, it was before, I guess. Um, uh, we were all wrong, <laughs> just in different ways. All right, my, my final thing about your tiers uh, before we let you go. Uh, the one thing that jumped out to me beyond Michigan being at number oh, four, which, like, I was just doing – I was just doing – like, I, I understand why Michigan is at four. I think Texas should be at four, but whatever. Who cares? Uh, the one thing that jumped out to me is tier three. You have Kansas in tier three along with Tennessee. Okay, I'm with you, with Creighton. Alabama in tier three. All right. Andy. All right. Alabama. Once what? again, as I said at the top, this is how you're playing right now. And I would argue that Alabama right now um, is playing some of the best basketball in the country. They won Tennessee. They beat uh-huh. Florida. Um, you could argue right now they're one of the two best teams in the SEC. Now, a week ago or a week and a half ago, I would have said it was, or two weeks ago, I would have said it was Missouri. Then Tennessee went in and thumped them. Uh, so I'm giving credit to quality wins in this one week period. Oh, it's a one. I, I was curious about that. Cause you keep saying right now. And I, like, what is the right now? Because I mean, yeah, Michigan I mean, state just, just beat you. Rutgers, Michigan state just beat Rutgers by 23. So like right now, if we're going off of that, yes, but I am, <laughs> you know, I am doing this with you every week. Which would be week. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And actually, Actually, it's so fluid that as I'm taping, Oregon was in tier four. They went mm. to Colorado and lost. Mm. Mm. <laughs> there you go. What else you got, Tate? Is that it? Can we let him go? Yeah, I think we can let you go, Andy. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. And uh, we, we need the tears. The tears are yeah. really helpful for us. Uh, we appreciate it, man. We, we do appreciate it. You're a great sport. I'm just trying um, to give you guys guardrails. That's yeah, yeah. We, we need that. We need that uh, desperately. Uh, uh, all right. What, what, what game are you calling tonight? Where are you tonight? What's going on? Tell, tell the people like how they find you. This is one complaint I have about uh, college basketball announcers, college basketball people that are on television is, uh, you know, we, most of us hate everybody that calls the games, but some of us like a handful of you. Uh, you're one of the people we like, but how do we know which games you're going to be calling? Do you, why, why, do, why doesn't anybody ever broadcast this? Why don't you ever tweet out like, these are the games I'm going to be calling for the next two weeks. Circle your calendar. Well, normally, you know, that's a good idea. And normally I would be able to do that, but uh, basically we're living week to week in the broadcast world right now. Mm. Uh, and so this week I've been in Chicago doing some, uh, some studio. I was supposed to do two games, ended up doing one game. Uh, I was supposed to do two Ohio State games. I ended up doing one Ohio State because Ohio State Penn State got canceled. Because you, you're, you're a curse uh, and they played so like garbage when you were there. <laughs> in Chicago on the Big Ten Network. 
All right. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, watch him on Victor. Yep. Fox family. He's a company man. Follow him on Twitter at, at uh, Indy Cats. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week, Andy, with your with your new tiers. Well, I'm curious to see where you have Michigan next week. I'm curious to see who the best team in the Big Ten will be next week. But, yeah, uh, it's good. Keep changing. Thanks, we're Andy. We're excited. All right. Thank you, guys. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards, that's where Discover works, 99%. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I gotta say, Tate, I love having Andy on. Uh, it mm. is becoming the highlight of my week. We, I, I feel like I just go full shtick and just lay it on. Th- I'm, I can say this because I know he doesn't listen to the show, so he's not gonna. Hear <laughs> yeah, he's me. never gonna hear this. He, yeah. he is not going to be the FBI guy saying I have your playbook. So yeah. I'm gonna tell you what the playbook is. Uh, I, I just look at his tears and I'm like, what What am I gonna attack him on? Uh, I don't really care. Like, we, we, I just got done talking about Michigan. And I think Michigan's good. And it makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it's also good because he is the most like straight lace gonna give you the news. Like he is a walking yeah. newswire of college basketball, so you have him come on with us. He knows that we're idiots and that we're just like screwing around, and uh, we just throw we just throw shit at the wall. Uh, he laughs with us, not at us, or maybe at us. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, that's it's the, great. That's the, it's the fun best. of the dynamic. I'm having a great time. Yeah, <laughs> Arg- arguing about college basketball teams is also impossible, but. He is Aaron Henry trying to dig himself out of a hole. That's the yeah. other part that I love about it. He also feels like he gets taken aback. Like before we get on the air, he tells us he's like, "Come at my, come at my tears, go at it." Like I'm ready to go. And then we call him out, and he's like, "Wait a second, fellas, this is a snapshot." It's just a snapshot. I, 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 I'm just saying, like if you're if you're going off of right now, Andy, Kentucky right now is undefeated. It's undefeated. Their new season. Yeah. They're, how undefeated are they? I would say very. They are, too undefeated. They are, uh, same with Duke. Duke's undefeated. Duke's undefeated. UVA Should we undefeated. talk about Duke, by the way? We, I, mm. I promise we would at the top. Uh, Duke, you, you got to make sense of this for me. Uh, so Coach K does not coach the Boston College game because he, 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 he does not have COVID, correct? As far as we know, he was just no, he exposed is quarantined. Yeah. to somebody who did. Mm. So he just this quarantined out of yeah. precaution and contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. So John Shire coaching his place. First of all, is that a surprising decision that he tabbed John Shire and gave him the keys for the, for the night? In a word, no. Mm. And it all goes back to 2010 because uh, we remember this, the national championship game, Butler, Gordon Hayward, Brad mm-hmm. Stevens, the wonder kid, Doogie Hauser of college basketball coaches, goes up against the establishment, against Coach K. He takes him all the way down to the wire. Gordon misses the shot. I forgive him now as a Charlotte Hornets fan. He had 44 points last night. We love you, Gordon Hayward. You're the best. Um, but in that moment, Coach K saw the future. He saw mm-hmm. one I have to get one and done. And he also saw two. I have to create the next Brad Stevens. I have to mm. make the next genius wonderkin coach that everyone says is the future of basketball. He looked at John Shire that day in the locker room and he took out a pair of glasses and he put them on him. <laughs> and he said, you're the future of coaching, young man. And mm. uh, that's what we saw last night. Window Moore uh, is a guy that Coach K has talked about, and I have talked about on this program. They can't tap into his potential. He has all the potential in the world. John Shire takes over uh, in seat one one night with Window Moore. He puts up 25 points. He hits the game-winning shot. 
Uh, he is basically becoming everything that we want him to be in this one game. Uh, and that was all Shire. That was all the future of coaching. I am convinced that Coach K told Window more to hold out for this game to then showcase his skills and to say that John Shire tapped into it. This is the long game plan. Coach K has to have one person that keeps the legacy. Uh, and we're talking about years. You know, years matter. Mm -hmm. uh, Shire gets the experience. His first coach, his first win as a head coach. He is going to be able to, to be the future, to be able to create that baton and that time lapse for Coach K to exist for another 50 years. And John Shire owes Coach K everything. And the fact that he won this game, it worked both ways. Because if he loses, you know, perfect coach k sat out this game and you know they lost and that's the reason they lost but the fact that shire won i think that he was probably in fifth position to be coach k's successor mm. i think he jumped all the way up to number two right behind coach k who is the number one <laughs> successor to coach k it is now coach k because coach k is load <laughs> managing po i mean america you've heard it before you've seen it before and he's doing it again he is load managing he is saying i don't need a successor I need yep. me. I can only do it myself, but I don't need to waste my time on the sidelines during a pandemic, uh, and I don't need to be doing it against a team like Boston College. He may come back for Wake Forest. That's a big four program. He likes Coach Steve Forbes, so maybe he comes back for that game. But regardless, load management, Coach K is playing the long game. He mm. is actually number one on the Coach K successor power rankings wow. right now. Number two wow. is John Shire. Number three is Chris Collins, who has jumped up quite a bit this season. He is wow. proving that he can take a private school and make them a real program. May go back to the tournament again. Coach K loves Miller Cop. Uh, and that's where we are. That's the Coach K power that's, ranking that's, update. That's a hell of a... I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, mm. I, Coach K is his own. That's I, yes, he's number one on the list. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Who and, will replace Coach K? You're right, folks. You're telling Coach me K. with his time off, he wasn't just sitting at home. He was he was getting some stem cell, yes. something or other done. To mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. he's in Germany right Live now, forever. and uh, he's coming back. And uh, you know, he's got ten days where he'll be. His off hair is going to be two shades blacker. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Is it surprising? Come here, you little shit. Yeah, like I guess like Shire, it's it's uh, not surprising, but also so if good. you're who who else is, who are the coaches? Nolan Smith, mm -hmm. uh, Nate James, Chris yep. Carrowell, right? Those, yep. That's yep. the coaching staff. That's the staff. Yeah. If you're those other guys, is Nolan Smith isn't actually a coach, right? He's like a the director of ops. Or no, something. I, I, or is he I, an yeah, actual I, assistant coach. Because like I, Nolan I, Smith I mean, wasn't getting the nod. Uh, yeah, he's not the guy. Nolan he Smith will guy. go somewhere else to get a job. I feel like Shire. He wasn't the guy in 2010 when Shire took over point guard duties. I think I think the writing was on the wall then when, mm -hmm. when Kay was mm -hmm. like, Shire, play point. Nolan Smith, no, I, I'm play telling you, he guard. walked down and gave him glasses that night after the yeah. championship and said, now you work for me. Uh, but you are the future. If you're Nate James, if you're Chris Carroll, how, how do you... You already know you missed your spot. You already yeah, know I, that you missed your time. You already know that you're living on borrowed time. You're calling your agent uh, that night, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah you were night. there to yeah. basically tell Nolan Smith and John Shire what to do. Uh, how to do it the quote unquote Duke way, uh, and yeah, th those guys are already passed. Johnny Dawkins, like, there's a whole class of guys that try to be the successor. Like they yeah. they they jockeyed for position, thinking that Coach K was going to leave, and that's that's really yeah. the joy of the Coach K situation is that he's never going to leave. There is no successor, <laughs> and uh, and that's just the facts of life. This is succession. This is yeah, uh, yeah. succession yeah, show. Yeah. Coach, Coach K. K just walks back into the room. It's yeah. like it's over. He dies and he just <laughs> walks back dying? in there. He's like, I'm not dead, bitch. I'm back. And you're like, oh my God. All right, five more seasons of this. Yeah. If, uh, yeah.
Another so, title. Uh, in all seriousness, I think Shire, if Coach K announced at the end of the season he's retiring, he's done. It was a surprise that Shire's going to get the job. Yeah. Shire's right? the coach. Shire's Shire, the I think coach. I, I really feel like Shire 100% would be the guy. Like, whether it'd be mm-hmm. successful or not, I don't know. Maybe he's the Matt Doherty and he's a sacrificial lamb to be the buffer in between. No, he is the Brad Stevens of Duke. Everyone thought that Duke was going to get Brad Stevens. That was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. They were going to get their own version of that. That is John Shire, the person that beat Brad Stevens. He is better than Brad Stevens based on Coach K's math. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> and now he's going to be the head coach of Duke. I mean that that and, and to be honest with you, uh like Shire's always been very nice. Uh I like John Shire just like, you know, uh, you know off the record, I like John Shire. So I would not hate if John Shire got a chance. You know what I, I would think love? he's going to get the chance. You know what the best move for content is? Is uh Chris Collins gets the job and then John Shire is pissed off and he takes a Northwestern job. Yeah. And then Chris he's from Collins. There. He's from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's and the then, other thing. Coach K is from Chicago. Shire's yeah. from Chicago. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Collins that is he from Chicago. They, yeah. they, Collins is from Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Definitely is. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Collins takes the Duke job. Shire's pissed off. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to take your job and do it better than you did. Yep. I don't know. We're, I think we're getting a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, we're too deep in the Duke yeah, vortex. Yeah, we, yeah get, let's get out of here. Uh, all right, before we get out of here, though, Pac-12 update. Uh, so mm. I, I, did a, I did a big Pac-12 dump uh, on Tuesday. So, um, you know, we, we talked about Sean Miller. We talked about Chris Smith turning his ACL. Uh, Colorado, as, as Andy said, Colorado just beat Oregon. So I guess that's the big news. Colorado has emerged as the team in the Pac-12-ish. Later tonight, UCLA plays Arizona State, I believe. So uh, maybe we'll know more then. But I feel like Oregon-Colorado was the – I mean, I hate to say it, but I kind of – UCLA, without Chris Smith, I don't know. I'm, I'm out. I, I might be out. I'm out. I'm always in on Mick. Always. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but, we're, it's not like I am not in. You know, I'm still I – live in, I live in L.A. We're going to go to UCLA games when no, we Well, can. that's the problem. You, you just hit the nail on the head. We, we are not going to UCLA games. I think this is the problem. I yeah. think for me to get back in, I need to be in – the the pavilion club just, yeah yeah give me the Bruin den <laughs> I need to be throwing them back with uh, Baron Davis and you're like oh we got is that yeah. Baron Davis and who else do we see? I don't know Carry champion Carry yeah, champions every, in there. yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's yeah. what we, that's what we need man like and I don't have that in my life I feel like the tether I have to the UCLA program is slowly yeah loosening and then Chris Smith tears his ACL so um I don't know I I think Colorado, but next year Peyton I, Watson and Chris Peyton, Smith yeah, right, and right, you and right. I and the, the joy of club. UCLA yeah. basketball there's always next year. But I, th- I think Colorado has emerged now as, as beating after beating Oregon. I think Colorado has now emerged as the uh, the well, I, I don't know what the word the best. <laughs> yeah. Can you say the word best about Pac-12 team? I'd say the most average team in the Pac-12. The best, uh, the best team. The yeah. Buffs are doing it. Roll Tad. Um, the, yeah. the 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 shout out shout out to Colorado. Uh, but that's not really the spirit of the Pac-12. We're not trying to figure out who the best team is. We're trying to or the, the Pac-12 update. I mean, <laughs> we're not trying to figure out the best team. We're trying no. to break down the news and notes of this mm-hmm. conference. So I got mm-hmm. this for you, Dominique Penn, who is Scooney Penn's son. Okay. Uh, from Dublin Kaufman High School, I believe. At least he he started there. I don't know if he ended up there, but uh, uh in Central Ohio, in in suburb of Columbus, recently committed to play basketball for the University of Washington Tate. And I, wow. I believe he's going to join the team, like maybe for the rest of the season. I don't know. We, we live in, I don't know. COVID rules have been throw every, throw everything out the window. I think he might be joining the team. So uh, I searched, I Googled Washington basketball to see if this is news. Is this like, is this what's going on in the world? Is it, are people mm-hmm. picking this up? This was the number four story. If you search Washington basketball on, and you go click on the news tab on Google, this is the number four story. The top three, 
were uh, games in Washington, D.C. that were canceled because of everything <laughs> going on. <laughs> so that's pretty good, though. They were on the first yeah. page. Uh, Washington basketball got, got Scooney Penn's son to commit. Scooney is, uh, I think he works for the Grizzlies now. I think Scooney is... Uh, the, he, the Grizzlies are the most interesting NBA franchise yeah. because they love to get guards and former players that are on staff, but they're not on staff. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Like, remember Mike Bibby Dude. at Summer League like when he was with the Grizzlies and he was just on the bench, on the staff, and then that was we looked it up online and he like was not a part yeah, of the right. staff at all. That's, like, that was Scooney's job at Ohio State, too. <laughs> there, he had like a two-year stint where he was just like, what are you, Scooney, what do you do? And he's like, I'm he's Scooney like, I'm that guy. <laughs> you're like, what? He's going to have a 45-year coaching career where he's never actually had the title coach ever. He's yeah. just been, his title has been Scooney Pin the entire yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, who are you? He's like, Scooney Pin. What do you mean? I love Scooney so much, man. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, I judge, uh, this is uh, this is obviously very self-centered and whatever, but it kind of does tell you a lot about people. Um, I judge people's character on how they treat me, not because I'm special and I'm above other people, but because I was at the lowest end of the totem pole. I was the walk-on. When you if you come to practice at Ohio State, circa 2008, mm-hmm. um, circa 2008, and here we go. <laughs> you come to you come to practice. You're, you're, you you want to go talk to Evan Turner. You want to go talk in 2007. You're going up to Greg Owen and Mike Conley and all that. And no one is wasting a breath of oxygen talking to me. And Scooty Penn was always a guy that wanted to talk to me. He always like. Mm-hmm. This was before I started the blog, and he had any idea who it was. He's just a nice guy. He just always wants to talk to everybody. He treats everybody the same. Um, we love that. So anyway, his son's going to Washington yeah. is the point. <laughs> Pac-12 update. Yeah. Uh, the also, Penn family's in Washington. Oregon State's program is on COVID pause. I guess we yep. should bring that up. Uh, Peyton Pritchard had a tip-in to beat the Miami Heat <clears> on Wednesday <throat> uh, at the buzzer. He's playing well. We're Peyton Pritchard fans on this program, so yep. Uh, yep. i like to see that. i like to see that... Uh, Peyton Pritchard is one of those guys that I think you and I would have pointed out to Bill so many times over and said, yeah. this is a guy that you would like. He's You're like, going to love him. Yeah. Ugh, yeah he's like, huh? ugh, don't see it. And then <laughs> however many games into the season this year, he's probably preseason rookie of the year, you know, the dark horse rookie of the year at this point. So. I think that's that's how I knew I no longer worked the ringers. The draft came and went. Peyton Pritchard was drafted, and I didn't get a text from Bill. What should I know about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Like he, uh, he, call, I think he called me when they drafted Robert Williams, and I just said, eh, for about, I, think, I said, yeah. Oh, for, yeah, ten minutes. I was like, eh. I think I said, you remember that day I came in for the podcast and I was super sad during March Madness. He's like, yeah. yeah. I was like, that was Robert Williams. That was Robert Williams <laughs> windmilling on my team's face yes. over and over. <laughs> That's why I was sad. Yeah, it was Robert Williams. Uh, let's see. Um, I have this note. USC exists and they will probably mm. make the tournament. Um, and I, I felt like that was important because USC, I would say is the one basketball program that consistently makes the NCAA tournament that I just completely forget about year after year. Evan Mobley is there. He's going to be a top 10 pick. He's awesome. Um, when we did the NBA, uh, college comparisons, I said, USC is the Orlando magic because mm-hmm. they are technically good. They technically make the playoffs. I technically they are technically relevant, but they're, they're actually technically aren't. relevant. Yeah. But you ask me to say have thoughts on USC, I always go. Eh. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, what's I, Andy Infield up yeah. to over there? And, uh, I saw yeah. the other night Bill Walton was talking to Evan Mobley too, like in the post game, and he's like, "You're unbelievable! Oh my god, could you just give us a flex?" And Mobley like <laughs> gives a flex, and it's just like the funniest thing in the world. Uh, and it, they, they they seem like a fun team. I will say it about yeah, USC. yeah, yeah. I've wa- I've watched two games. I want to say, but yeah, it's just like really, it goes in 
I was about to say one ear out there. It goes in one eyeball and out the other. Like you mm. just watch, you're like, oh yeah, good team, good team. And then I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, is USC good? Like they're gonna make the tournament, right? But yeah. are they? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that happens every year. I blame Andy Enfield. He, he just like kind of exists under the radar on per. That's his perpetual state of. But you know, but is this. it is it on purpose? It, that's yeah, 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 I think so. Um, speaking of Evan Mobley, I had this update as well. You go to NBADraft.net, which is my uh, preeminent <laughs> free mock draft. That's regularly. That's posted. every single that's really person it. that Googles NBA yeah, draft that's really prospects. It. That's the first one that comes yeah. up and they click yeah. on it. And they're like, oh my God, you oh see this? God. Cole yeah. Anthony's first. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who puts these drafts together, but uh, I found it, it confirms what I wanted it to confirm. So I'm, I'm using it as a, a source for, for the Pac-12 yeah. update. In the NBA draft.net 2021 mock draft right now, Jalen Suggs is your number one pick from Gonzaga. Wow. As we know, Pac-12 honorary Pac-12 team. Yep. Uh, so that counts. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who's a G League guy, um, is second. Which their, their team is in California, right? Yeah, it's California. So there you go, Pac-12, yep. count it. Yep. Yep. Uh, Evan Mobley's the third pick at USC, actually wow. Pac-12. Uh, Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State, is the fourth pick, according to them. Um, Oklahoma State, I guess... I guess that doesn't count, but whatever. Uh, Jalen Green is in the G League in California. Mm-hmm. Count so it. Four, four of the five. And then finally, number six, Zaire Williams at Stanford. So mm. according to NBADraft.net, technically five of the top six picks or Pac-12 are players. Pac-12 players. That's pretty important. I think, yeah. I think that's worth pointing out. Yeah, there, there was someone that just said, I'm happy our team has the seventh pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley are in the top 20. Oh, Corey Kispert's in the top 22. So there you go. Kispert's a steal. I, I mean, I guess he won't yeah, be now won't because be everyone now, knows yeah. he's good, but uh, he would have been a steal probably two or three years ago. I, I love how much of a 180 you and I have done on Kispert. Not that, <laughs> yeah, I, I, not that I ever hated him. I just like was like, no, he's a really good player. Like He might yeah. he might have a chance in the league. He might get picked up by somebody. Weirdly, really. Corey Kispert grew from 6'4 to 6'8, yeah. both in my head and in real life <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah, because I like Corey Kispert went from like Matthew Dellavedova in my mind. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, how did it happen? It's like Kevin Love that. now. And you're like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, finally, the last Pac-12 update point I had is that Stanford is the number one team in women's basketball. Number one team wow. in the country. Uh, Arizona's ranked seventh. UCLA's ninth, and Oregon's eleventh. So the Pac-12 is a powerhouse in women's basketball. And uh, yeah, we are a college basketball podcast. We are not necessarily mm-hmm. a men's college basketball podcast. That's true. And such, uh, I, I wanted to point that out. So there you go. Mm. Stanford, the Cardinal, getting it done. That's a great Pac-12 update. I feel very informed on mm-hmm. West Coast basketball. And uh, I am That's also I mean, very man. impressed that Suggs has, like, you know, when when we first kind of talked about on the show, man, he could be better than Kate Cunningham. I never thought that the NBA people would come up to speed with that and think yeah. that he... Not to say that NBADraft.net is the NBA people coming around, <laughs> but uh, congratulations to Jalen Suggs. I think that's uh, that's great. That pass, that video of that pass of his, oh. uh, that's that's the one that's going to get Shout out to whoever, whoever captured that. Because like the pass itself is obviously awesome, and the video isn't as good if the pass isn't sweet. But... Like it was a perfect angle of yeah. the shot, and yeah. it was in slow mo. And yeah. if you don't know what we're talking about, just go Google Jalen Suggs pass slow mo, and I'm yeah, sure and it'll be it. every yeah Fran Frischella, Mike Schmidt, every single person on basketball world. It's so about mesmerizing. It, yeah. mm-hmm. Just the the yeah, I don't know. The best part was the top comment said travel. <laughs> <laughs> was it Dan Katz? <laughs> the haters, the haters, they're everywhere. 
Uh, all right, what, what do we got? Shout-outs, closeouts. Yeah, I just want to shout-out Kobe White. Uh, he had 36 points last night. I am a uh, – he's 20 years old. He's only 20 years old. I want to start that meme because Jason Tatum, I'll say this. When he was getting the he's only 19 treatment, I was very upset. I was very triggered. I did not enjoy that era. Kobe White's only 20 years old. He's doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. He gets no coverage, even though he's in a major market in Chicago. And let me just say, the Duke bias is real. I refuse to let it live. Uh, Kobe White is a star. Like I said, 36 points last night. I'm enjoying Kobe White. I just we, want to shout out Kobe White. You got to get him best. out of that small market of Chicago. Get no, I'm saying there. treat him like he's in a big market. Give him the coverage. Come on, ESPN. I didn't realize, is, is this new this year? The uh, All the NBA teams that have the Jordan yeah. uh, thing. He took That's, over. Is that just new this year? No, I mean, those are the Jordan brand is sponsoring the jerseys this year. All they the have jerseys. Like a, no, no, just like they have a select Jordan brand of jerseys. You know, because Nike sponsors right, the league. Right. So, and then Jordan made a, a Jordan brand jersey for all the teams. How did he decide which teams? All of them, like uh, that's what I would love to know. I'd love to flesh that out. Like, would uh, yeah, I'm sure the Celtics are definitely never gonna have Jordan on there. I'm sure the Lakers said no. I mean, the Pistons got Jordan on there. That was pretty big. Oh, that is. Yeah, that was a huge deal. That's yeah. a that is that yeah. that was Michael Jordan's final 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I won the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Good for him. I mean, there was a good there to was see a things t- finally looking <laughs> up for old MJ. <laughs> There was a time that Michael Jordan was going to have Jordan be the sponsored logo for the Hornets. Like instead of Lending Tree, it was going to be just the Jump Man, and then have Nike over here. And you know, that didn't work out. But I, that would have been great. That's what I really wanted. That would have been my ultimate shout out. They're going to have the like honestly the way the way the NBA placates Jordan and LeBron. The, those are going to be the two divisions. And fast <laughs> yeah, forward the, 20 years, yeah. it's going to be like the Indiana Pacers play yeah. the LeBron James division, yeah. whereas the Chicago Bulls play in the Michael Jordan division. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, or the conferences, I mean. The, yeah. Those will be the conferences. Yeah. Well, Not East and West, West is gone. Yeah. It's yeah. Jordan and LeBron. <laughs> yeah, East Coast-West Coast rap battle is basically Jordan-LeBron of today. I mean, that is... If you want to talk about divisive and can break up a whole family, it is Jordan-LeBron. Uh, speaking of devices, speaking of breaking up families, my <laughs> shout out is uh, this new center. What's his name? Uh, Osof? Osof? Mm, I really mm. don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Osof? I think it's Osof. Osof? Yeah, he's friends uh, with Rimbert, who is. You oh, know, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that. I, th- I think I think Rimbert went to his wedding or something. The guy know. who's in the new. We're, we're a stick to sports podcast, uh, yep. but also at the same time, like I mean, come on, like whatever. The guy, the senator uh, from Georgia, just won his little election mm-hmm. <laughs> little mm-hmm. you know that little thing uh anyway the point of bringing it up is that he had someone dug up a tweet and that someone was kevin clark our former ringer colleague texted us yep. this that he had apparently tweeted in 2013 replying to somebody i don't remember who it was but basically he said listen man baseball's awesome i like baseball but there's no denying that college basketball is the best yes that's i'm paraphrasing mm. but that was what he said mm. and uh i gotta say come on the podcast but also, not really. <laughs> this is also, also I don't man. want that smoke. Like I don't want to. I don't want to come on. He comes on. I'm like, so you like college basketball? He says, yeah. And then I get Clay Travis fans in my mentions for the day. Yeah, yeah, like going after your neck. Uh, and also, he, uh, yeah. I mean, we joked about Josh Pastner canvassing and making yeah, uh, Georgia Georgia turn blue. So I mean, this is about Josh Pastner getting what he desired. Uh, he is the big winner here. Uh, a good guy becomes a bad guy. And I, I mean, that's a great moment, too, because I feel like people forget that, like, Morgan Freeman is an old Miss college basketball fan, you mm-hmm. know? Like, Katie Holmes is a Notre Dame college mm-hmm. basketball fan. Ashley Judd 
is a Kentucky Wildcat basketball fan. Rachel McAdams (laughs) used to wear backwards hats with the Jordan logo and sleeveless Cincinnati shirts with Kenyon Martin's Mm. number on it to Cincinnati games. Matthew McConaughey wore a Duke shirt and how to lose a guy in 10 days, okay? Tupac (laughs) wore Jeff Capel's jersey one time. I mean... (laughs) Look, but, college basketball is relevant. Thank you, Osa, for bringing it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we're mentioning a lot of celebrities. I, To my knowledge, I do not remember a United States senator going all in on college basketball mm. like this before. Um, Since Barack Obama. This was, yeah, I guess Barack Obama was really into it, but uh, we didn't really know him then, right? Like, no. Was, <laughs> no. I don't know just... who it was until he <laughs> became president. Um I, I I can feel people yelling at me like, are you, yeah, are you out of your mind? I knew who he was. But yeah, that to me is the story: is that there, we it, this isn't this isn't Democrats, this isn't Republicans, this is college basketball fans versus mm-hmm. the world, and we got mm-hmm. one in the United States Senate. Everybody, yep. we did it. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, we did it. Congrats, <laughs> pats job. on the back. Yeah, good job to us. Uh, what else do we got before we go? Uh, I really just wanted to say, uh, honestly, college basketball, we're about to hit the real, you know, grind of the season. We have had the holidays. We have had the downtime. It's about to kick into gear. And uh, I'm excited about that because even Andy coming on and talking about, you know, fans being in Lucas Oil and talking about the Final Four, we're going to be there. So, I mean, we're... You know, this knock on usually, wood, we're hunkering down, but we there's hope yeah. on the other side. I feel. This is usually the time of year where we get really depressed. You and I, we mm-hmm. get the, the, I don't know if it's the seasonal depression kicks in or if it's like, like we just look around and we're like, is college, like, are these games actually? Do people think, even care? I, I think, you're, yeah, do people even care? Yeah. But um, I don't, I don't feel that this year as much. I, the, the one thing I do feel is like I really feel like going to games is my lifeblood and not having that sucks right now. Yeah. I, we gotta sneak over to Polly at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for like sure. I, 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 mean, I just need to like be around squeaking shoes and Mick Cronin yelling, and whether there are fans there or not, whether we can rub elbows with Kerry Champion and Baron Davis in the Pavilion Club. We're so close. We're so I, close. You know, I don't necessarily need that, but I do need, I do need to watch basketball live in person, and it's been a little while. I mean, we went to Asheville, but it's been a while, so uh, I do miss that. My, my final shout out before we go, I want to shout out. The Ohio State Buckeyes football team, uh, who will be the national champions the next time you hear my voice on a podcast mm. feed. Uh, we are going to beat Alabama. It is going to happen. There's a lot of rumors floating around. There's a lot of uh, politicking, as you do in college football. We know this. Uh, Nick Saban's daughter is getting involved. A lot of uh, just disinformation, we'll call it, that Ohio State is trying to dodge Alabama. They're they're making up COVID stuff, saying that we we got to postpone the game. Um, I want to say to all of that, no, mm. false. We're not dodging mm. anybody. Mm. We are the best team in the country. Alabama knows it. Dabo Swinney knew it. That's why he was so scared of us. Alabama, listen, you have the Heisman winner. You have a great offense. You don't play mm-hmm. defense for shit. Everybody knows it. Uh, we're, we're going to win the game. Lock me in, Tate. 42-38. That is my final prediction. Mm. The Buckeyes are going to win a national title. And, uh, it, and everybody is going to – the moment the clock hits zero – Everybody in the South is going to come together and throw an asterisk on this season. Mm -hmm, Every mm -hmm, single one of you mm -hmm, bums in the mm -hmm, South. mm -hmm. And I'm not having it. And I just want to get ahead of it and say, uh, no, no, false. We are the national champions. Suck it, all of you. Yeah, so, it, it would be nice to, to end the national championship game and not hear an SEC I just chant. hope we don't get blown uh, out. Yeah, don't get blown <laughs> out. Don't get blown out. That's, uh, that's I will I say this. Big Ten stat of the day. No wide receiver has ever won the Heisman Trophy 
and the national championship and beat a Big Ten team in a bowl game in the same mm, season. Mm. I don't That's think. That's history. I I've never That's really history. Looked, I didn't actually look that up. but uh. So, you know, Devontae Smith, he would be making, he would be doing something unprecedented. Too much. He'd and, be doing too much. Yeah. And when's the last time we saw something unprecedented in this world happen? So, mm, mm. Mm. All right, that's it. That's the show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks to Andy Katz for coming on. I yep. enjoy talking to him. Um, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, everybody.